Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Chris Fox, owner and sales and design manager of Fox Home Innovations in Manhattan, Kansas. Okay, I've talked about it. I've written about it. Systems and processes rarely scale, and your design process is no different. Chris recently underwent a full revamp of his design process in preparation of hiring an additional designer. And he's going to share what he learned in just a minute. You want answers? Put that coffee down. You talking to me? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hey, I remembered you this time, Mark. How are you? (laughs) Uh, And I'm pumped about this week's episode. You know, there's so many of our members, uh, you know, I get to read all these emails that are flying around between our roundtable group members, and managing the design process is hot, hot, hot topic. Now, you mentioned in the intro there about processes not scaling. How do you mean? Yeah, actually, back in episode 52, Changing of the Guard, I talked about how Ah. it's one of the side effects of growth, that what worked when you were a $1 million company doesn't work for a 10. And the same is about people. Sometimes people outgrow positions, or positions, I should say, outgrow the the people you had in it. You know, it is something that it doesn't scale well. Mm -hmm. And you have to go back and rebuild a system or a process Mm -hmm. or a position to the new company as you grow. And you know, not only is it the processes and the procedures, I'm getting a little off track here, but it's also the technology because you discover new technologies that can help streamline things. That is a big element in it as well. Well, for the design system as well, it's going to be a big thing. And I'm curious to see how Chris handled it. So today I'm delighted to welcome one of our Best Roundtable members, Chris Fox. He's the original founder of Fox Home Innovations out of Manhattan, Kansas, also known as the Little Apple. (laughs) Um, Chris started his company his junior year of college and ran multiple projects and crews while completing his degree in entrepreneurship from Kansas State University. I would have loved to have had a degree in entrepreneurship now that I know what I know. Exciting stuff. I don't think that existed when I was going to college. Um, Now, in school... Chris met Matt Carlson, who he later brought into the company, and they both run the organization today with Chris focusing on sales and design, as you, as you had mentioned, Mark, and Matt as the general manager of the organization. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Hey, guys. How's it going today? Oh, it's great. It's great. You know, spring's Good. starting to be here, so that's awesome. Hopefully, you're seeing Absolutely. a little bit of that. So, as Mark said, you completely revamped your design process. Before we get into the specifics of it, you know, what, what, made, what precipitated that move? Good question. So as we've grown, we uh, our very first designer we hired, gosh, almost four, coming up five years now, um, was not really an intentional hire. It was a, uh, one, a very talented individual that basically sought after us. And she was basically like, hey, I can help you with this. You might not think so, but I can really help you here. And so she came aboard and we kind of, you know, I did a lot of the design work and and we kind of worked back and together back and forth for several years. And as we grew, we had a, a somewhat of a design process, but it was a lot of uh, what we were learning on the fly, you know, that type of thing. And then we came up to this point where we needed to add an additional designer. And when I started looking at that, it was like, well, goodness, we have nothing to train to. We have, we have no 
Um, our process is very vague. It's not specific enough. It's not trainable and repeatable. So mm. let's start with that before we bring someone aboard and, and hopefully by doing that, we can set them up for success. Well, now, why didn't you do like so many other business owners do and just sort of have them follow you around for a couple of weeks and pick it all up from what you were doing? So funny story. I, I knew um, we were going to be extremely busy going into the spring. And so the one designer that we had that we have on staff was uh, completely taxed out, right? I mean, she is running 50, 60 hours a week, meet, running multiple projects all the time, trying to get things done. So I knew that we couldn't just throw someone next to her and think that that would, be, would work, as well as we knew that if I took my time to train her, I'm in the sales season right now, so there's no way that I could come up and, and spend the time with her that I would need to train the new designer. So I had to kind of come up with a self-guided training program <laughs> that basically onboarded as well as trained, but yet was not indicative of me being a part of it as well as our other designer being a part of it. Uh, so it was more like an on your own training guide, so to speak. Obviously there's checks and balances, but we had to create this idea of, Hey, this is what you're going to do for the next 30, 60, 90 days. And, and this is how it's going to make you successful. Now, in addition to not requiring you or your primary designer to take the time away from what you were doing, what are some other reasons why having a design process was an important part, important move for your company? Great. So, you know, when we look at a project from a developmental standpoint, we realize that the time a project is sold to the time is completely you know, completed and clients are happy and everything's completely done and they're living in a new space, we can assume that at least half of the time in that project development is in the design process. Mm -hmm. So when we think about delivering the best client experience possible and we, we, we think about managing and creating metrics of managing that so it's not just the production focus, we realize that we need a, a specific set of steps to follow and guidelines to not only tell us where projects were at, uh, but also to deliver the um, client experience that our clients deserve. So how, tell, tell us a little bit about how did you, how did you get started? How did you get started on this and, you know, walk us through the process you went through with the, and what the goals were. Yeah. So our, um, our other d designer, you know, she's worked so hard and kind of helped with put this process together. And so I started with what she came up with um, that she's been using for several years. Now I started with that and Basically, I kept asking myself, is this measurable and is it trainable and repeatable? How, how do we apply every little piece of it, whether it's just that initial, you know, kickoff meeting? How do we document that in a way that's, you know, consistent and we can deliver that consistent experience and get be efficient with our time and gather the information that we need? So that was kind of like the hat that I had to put on as I looked through all this. And then I started with the very beginning of when a product is sold from the handoff from sales to design. And then basically walked it all the way through and we're about to hand it over to production. And then looked at it and said, okay, well, it started, our original design process was about a page and a half. Um, now we have about a 30-page document oh, with supporting documents um, and details and forms and everything like that that's laid out. Um, and it's just that level of detail is, is there now. I want to sidetrack for just, just a one quick question. So many people have this discussion about is the design department a profit center or simply the monkey's paw to get the sale? How, what's your philosophy? You know, in our market, uh, design and build is not a common term. We are the only 
we are the only design build firm really kind of in our town or really about a 60 mile radius. Um, and what I mean from that definition, it's, you know, having our own designers on staff, walk through every little piece, um, you know, from beginning to end of a project. Now, uh, there's a lot of other great contractors in our area, but the way that we approach it with our design team is differently. So we recognize that it's kind of a market differentiator for us, right? And so it's it's important that we, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that value add. So as a profit center, it's not necessarily huge on that. It's getting the sale. So it's that value add. Okay. Going with contractor A or contractor B, well, contractor A being us, we can handle all of those pieces and we can bring experience and value uh, to the table there. So that's kind of how we look at it is it's a we require every single one of our projects to go through um, the design process. It doesn't matter if it is a four thousand dollar door replacement or, you know, a four hundred thousand dollar addition or remodel. Uh, we do that for consistency and experience so that we make sure that we're you know, dotting all the T's and I's and, and everything like that. Okay, so go back and go, going back to the development of your design process, give me the, the, the real notes and bolts. Is it a Word document? Is it Excel with links? What is it? Yeah, great question. So it is a Word document. It's a basically a 13-page Word document that walks us through um, all the different key steps but before we got to that point, what we did is we kind of did a brainstorming session and put together a, a flowchart, right? So we just did a flowchart of from sales through the design process, how estimating fits into that, how production people fit, fit into that. So then we recognized that, okay, here's a, you know, a word map, so to speak, or a flowchart that has all these different steps on it. And that worked really, really well because we were able to see, okay, this is when these people need to be involved and, for us to be successful, we really need to have estimates back by this time. Uh, so we were looking at looking at it at a time frame, and then we extrapolated that information there, and then wrote policies and procedures on every little step. So we started out with that initial um, idea map type of thing, and then we extrapolated that and wrote specific word documents for every step, and then wrote additional supporting documents to those steps there. How, how long did that process take? So it was my core focus for about a month and a month and a half or so. So it was, I was working on it, I would say 20 hours a week for four to six weeks. Wow. So a long time, but yet in our sales cycle based on seasonality, I, I had that time right at the first the beginning of the year. And that's basically all I did for the month of January. And a very valuable investment, I would think. Absolutely. So when you did the flow chart, again, physically, how did you do that? So we got in, um, I started out with my existing designer and we just kind of brainstormed. We've got a whiteboard out and we just kind of brainstormed, okay, where, what are we currently doing? Okay. So let's start with that. And then where do we see opportunity to add or decrease based on a efficiency standpoint or fixed mistakes or whatever the case may be. And then we brought in other people of our team, you know, our production, um, uh, Wes, our production manager, Matt, our general manager, we brought them in and said, Hey, does this make sense? Are we, are we on the right track here? And we all kind of got buy-in at that point of, hey, this is what we need to be doing. This is kind of our process from a, from an overhead view. And this is these are the steps that we need to do. So we had that buy-in. And then from that point, that's when I kind of did the work on the side. So it was very involved across our team in the very beginning to kind of put those steps out there, gain ideas, gain perspective, and, and that type of thing. That was crucial. 
Was there anything specific that comes to mind that was a pretty significant change in from the current state to where you are today, from the current state then to where you are today? There was, yeah. So one thing that we changed significantly is that um, our we built in estimating um, into our flow. We never really had, we really never had that before. We, 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 I did all the estimating um, and we worked with team members around here to, you know, get proposals and that type of thing from subcontractors and suppliers, but we never documented, we never know, realized what we needed when to make our project successful. And that was probably the biggest like, oh, duh, we need to make sure we're doing this uh, type of thing. And that, that was a huge uh, thing. Looking back on it, that was probably the biggest surprise for us. Chris, so, okay, you've got this document, took you about a month, month and a half to to create after all that brainstorming and work. So then take me through, what does the actual onboarding and training program look like? Great question. So what we did there is, like I said before, we had to have something that was kind of self-guided, right? It is kind of create a document or create a process that someone can kind of pick up at any time. We can measure where they were at, but yet they felt like they had the tools to succeed and learn without us holding their hand right there. So what we did is we created basically an Excel document and we had um, broke it down by activities. So we had 15 day activities, 30 day activities, 60 day activities and 90 day activities. And then what we did is we created an activity topic. So for example, the, the, most of the beginning is all 15 day activities and it's onboarding. It's going through our traditional onboarding of, you know, who is Fox Home, who, what are our core values, reviewing our project life cycle. Um, we have a, we have, Matt has created a financials 101 class, a sales 101 class, production uh, class, basically for all of our people when they onboard, when they go through this process to kind of learn about how we do things. Um, so that was kind of the, the basis of it. And then from there, what we did is we just went through that design process and we said, okay, our first step in our, in our design process, for example, is our initial measuring site visit. Well, so what we did is, well, I'm sorry, it's sales and design handoff is our very first step in our, in our design process. So what we did is said, okay, well, to be successful here, uh, within 30 days, we'd like our, this new person to be able to set up a buy a design matter and organize it to our processes and standards. And then 30 days, they need to be able to create a design calendar. And within 30 days, they also need to assist in um, meeting with a client at that particular time. And then the idea is that, okay, 90 days later down the road, they should be able to complete that entire process on brand. And then what we did is we assigned a product trainer a completion and confidence levels on those pieces. So we could recognize and say, okay, this person, feels 75% confident in repeating this task again. So us as trainers can look at an overview and look at this and say, okay, they may need more help here or they feel like they have it. Obviously that doesn't tell us the true story, but <laughs> a lot of times in my experience, it's, it's how we feel about a task, what our overall confidence level is, usually is a really good indication on how we're gonna perform that task in order to repeat it. So they, they indicate, uh, they review themselves, they indicate how confident they are. Right, okay. right. So they review themselves and, and lay, lay out how confident they are. And then that, it's really a discussion topic. It's just sitting back and saying, okay, well, I see that you, you, you've you done this task three times and you're still 50% confident here. Tell me a little bit about that. And it creates those teachable moments and mm -hmm. that deeper level of understanding. But yet without having, we can do that in a quick 20-minute catch-up meeting opposed to watching, looking, 
looking at different inefficiencies of what that person may have done or may have not done. It kind of, it's a key indicator for us to look at. That's a good idea. Where did you get that? Um, it was, to be honest with you, it just kind of came, it just kind of came to me as we were looking all this stuff together. Cause I just feel like confidence is so much of a, an important thing. I know when I started my business, confidence was a huge uh, hurdle for me. Uh, being a young young person, you know, 21 years old, going to these projects, and and I had to kind of like pump myself up. And a lot of times, our, our success um, were correlated to how confident we felt by doing that task. And so it was kind of like, oh well, this is easy for me to understand. So let's start with this. So I really like the fact that you have these measurable things. This is what we are expected to know how to do. And then again, how confident do you feel? And I think that's a very good indicator. Um, can I ask you to back up for just a little bit to talk about onboarding in general for a minute? I'm, I'm assuming that you have some of this. I'm assuming, and I might be wrong, that you have the same level of detail for any position you'd bring on, or at least those that are most commonly brought on. So we, we, we wish we would, right? <laughs> kind of the overall idea. Is, is that realistic? No, it's not. Um, that being said, our onboarding procedure is pretty well documented and pretty well consistent across the organization to all the different levels. Um, so when we bring on a lead carpenter, for example, um, usually when we bring a lead carpenter on, we need them now. We need them in the field. We need them producing. Right. So we, we tend to um, hurt ourselves by not spending as much time on the onboarding side of things uh, to go through the things. We do it but we just do it over a longer period of time rather than taking a person and saying, okay, the first two weeks is basically all onboarding. It might be like, okay, the first two days you're going to do this, then you're going to go in the field a little bit. And then over the next month, you're going to complete these things. Okay. Right? And so that's kind of what it is. But what we've done from onboarding and what Matt has done is basically come up, break everything out from our company and topics, and then just creating a meeting to talk about it. So understanding financials, we're very open book and transparent around here. So that's a big piece of it is, you know, let's talk about budgets. Let's look at that a little bit more and understand that. Um, and so that really doesn't change too much from position to position is that onboarding. Now, that being said, this designer, what we call onboarding and training, this is really the first position that we've had to have this type of detail of a training program behind it. So you do have that second designer on staff now? Yes, yes. They actually started uh, the first part of March, actually. Okay, so are you still involved in this then? And Are you still oh, into absolutely. it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, so we're looking at this. Um, I look at it about every two weeks, and I meet with her, and we kind of review uh, where we're at on things and talk about it. She's now beginning to the point where she's actually running some projects from an organizational standpoint, but not the client-facing piece of it. So we're shifting some accountability over there. Um, and so far it's, it seemed to work is the other thing that we've done is naturally by redoing all of this, we realized that there's some holes and gaps. And so that yeah. our existing designer that's been with us for several years, uh, we're creating time for her to go back and relearn and look at these things as well. So that everybody's kind of consistent on the same page. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Chris, have you only done this with, um, the designer role? Are you d doing yes. it or in, in other roles in the company? Currently, right now, this is this is the only designer role. So, okay. I, that being said, we hope to. This, this is this seems to be working so far. So, um, as we grow and expand, I think this is going to be something a model that we kind of latch onto uh -huh. uh, for our other positions as well. It's yes, very cool. One more question for you. Sure. 
Are you ready for the lightning round? Oh, goodness. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> and now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Um, I like The Highest Calling, uh, Lawrence Chinesky. I think it's a, a great book that relates to what we do. And so when we talk about it here in our team, it's really good for our guys to get some buy-in behind it just because it's so relatable. If you weren't the owner of Fox Home Innovations, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I'd probably do some stuff with like engine, civil engineering. I kind of like seeing like roads and bridges and developments kind of all come together from a planning perspective. So I think I'd be in that space of some kind. What are you not very good at? Oh gosh, uh, following procedures and processes. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car? Which do you clean first? Definitely my car. What is your least favorite holiday? Gosh, I'd probably Halloween. <laughs> Why would that be? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of work to me. <laughs> <laughs> How many pancakes do you eat in a year? I would say probably 40. And who's your favorite Disney princess? Oh, definitely Moana. <laughs> Thanks to my daughter. Cool. Well, Chris, this has been awesome. Uh, really interesting to hear about not only the specific nature of the of the process you develop but the development of just of processes right yeah like, absolutely you know in no so in the end all that time and effort was it worth it absolutely and you'd do it again in, in a minute right i would i would absolutely it's kind of that slow down to speed up type of thing mm-hmm. um as of as of now me in the sales uh, cycle and very busy running down leads and that type of thing there's no way i would have the time to be a, a, an effective trainer at this point right now um, and without that backbone that we had and we put in place there i would have set other people up for failure and that's okay. not what we want to do for sure so chris again thank you your generosity is awesome i'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy this a lot but before you leave us I want to ask you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience. Good. Uh, so I'd say growth, fun, team, numbers, and experience. All right. So give us an explanation. So um, growth, because everything that we do, we want to grow both developmentally, um, profitably in those things. Fun, it's I wouldn't be doing this if we weren't having fun. And it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't for the team that we have around us. Um, We're successful by knowing our numbers. So that's an important piece. Um, And at the end of the day, we're wanting to give the very best client experience we can. Awesome. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. We appreciate it. And uh, you know what? You brought up so many interesting things. that I am sure we're going to want to have either you back again or Matt on next time. That'd be great. Be happy to do it anytime. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. You know, it was so interesting listening to him because there's been so much conversation around here in our office and in regard to the upcoming summit because growth is the topic and the development of systems and processes is such an important part of that. And, and here too, right? It's critical. You know what, what is actually really funny because I'm, I'm noticing a trend with many of these uh, business owners that we've had on here. So many of them are 
putting these processes and systems in place. But then when I ask in the lightning round what they're not very good at, and it's yeah. following <laughs> systems and processes. That's right. But it does, it's, not only is it funny, but it shows how important it is. Even though I'm not good at doing it and I hate doing it, I know I need to do it to be successful. Mm-hmm. So they're all forcing themselves to it. Mm-hmm. And it's uncanny how many have said, I'm not good at following this stuff, right. but I got to do it anyway. Uh-huh. Well, And also we see that when we have a meeting, like our big, you know, extreme makeover meeting and they bring staff and the staff is going, the person who doesn't follow the system, the owner. Right. But, but again, right. we all know it's tough for some of us to do that. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. Yep. But, uh, God, it's always great. A very interesting process. And you know what else it did? It really followed a lot of what we've talked about in this last year about the lean processes. Looking at what's your current state? What are you doing now? How can you improve it? What can you take out? What needs to be added in? How can you streamline? And uh, so that, I just, it was like a perfect example of how lean works as well. Yeah, it's absolutely. We actually, at leanremodeling.com, we got that free download that if somebody wants to go through kind of mapping um, a process out and seeing where all the inefficiencies exist, that's a cool tool you can use too. You know, just think if every company that's listening took on one new process or procedure, one improvement a month right? Got their team to work on one little procedure or process and really dialed it in every month. The impact it would make. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and see, and that's the thing I think what you've hit on is that most, so many people think it's got to be this huge sweeping thing. Okay. Let's change how we do production. No, it it can be many, many, many little things like just tweaking the process of scheduling something. And it can have huge positive implications down the road. So, very good interview. Yep, yep. Enjoyed it very much. So, uh, another good one in the can. As they say. Yes. Yes. Um, As always, we want to thank Chris Fox for being here and sharing his insights. And we always want to thank you for listening week in and week out. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you are enjoying it, please, please, please comment on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, give us some likes and shares and all that stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks for being here. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.